0: Hello, welcome to episode eight of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about One Life Church, but also some things that we think could relate to you and your one and only life. And so today, we, as always, we have our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson.
1: Yay. Hey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Give it up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cheer. Cheer on.
0: And then uh, also we have joining us today, our creative arts director and also campus pastor, Matt Reivogel. All right. Matt, first of yeah. all, was, we want to start out. You were on a podcast episode um, a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And can you just tell us a little bit about your role at One Life Church?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, What it looks like for me most weeks, uh, I work out of One Life East. A lot of people ask me that. Um, Where's your office? And it's at One Life East in what we call our CAC room, our Creative Arts and Communications office. And I oversee and create um, a good portion of our graphics, signs that you will see in our lobbies, um, pre-service graphics that you see on the screens, um, social media graphics, um, overseeing the creation of the what the sermon series is look like. I come up with pretty much all of that. And um, yeah, just working with the rest of the creatives, Thomas, you and Jason and Michael on how we promote what we do and, and all of that. I get to do a little bit of everything. It's fun.
0: And you're you're fun. You, um, you I add, try to have you a good bring time. the fun. That's to a right. Lot he of does. Matt brings the
2: fun. That's He's part the of my one. role. It yeah. is part of your role. That's absolutely. It's a serious role. We we know if you ever <laughs> if you ever don't bring the fun, we're all in big trouble. Yeah, I get uh, called it. out if I'm like is having it? an off day. People uh, are like, oh, I know. Uh, come on, man. On. I'm dependent on you to <laughs> make me smile. All he does that. And I could say this too. I've looked at our Roku thing, and and sometimes when I step back and look at our app, and I look at our Facebook post, or all those. I'm impressed and I can be because I don't have anything to do with it. It's, it's, it's not my role. And so you make us look really, really good and uh, high level professional staff. It is. It looks great. I'm glad I get to do it. It's yeah. fun.
0: And yeah. and yesterday, part of kind of what we got to celebrate, um, between all of our campuses because one life church, we are one church in three locations and across all three of our campuses yesterday, we got to celebrate 32 baptisms which was pretty awesome, yeah. um, some amazing stories. And the way that we do baptisms here at One Life is um, we we kind of start out the day with a time of worship and singing, and then we usually hear uh, from Brett, and we did get to hear from him yesterday, and then we um, we do have our baptisms. And before people are actually baptized, we get to hear their stories read aloud, and that is something that I— really, really enjoy. I mean, like, because sometimes I know their story, but actually hearing their words of it is yeah. so different. And it's amazing to be feeling like you're a part of that um, when we get to do that. So any, anything that kind of stood out for you guys yesterday?
1: Um, I enjoyed, I mean, the whole day, it just felt powerful and beautiful as it always does. I'm celebrations. They you never get old. It can't. Oh. Right. Um, but I, I told Sarah this before we this first time we ever broadcast a baptism across the network from One Life East you guys the first one you did at the nine o'clock service we got to watch that at West and it was beautiful because we'd never done that it went really well in the room and then the West Auditorium just lit up and cheered like it was somebody right in front, in our oh, baptism yeah. right Great. there and so I was, I was like yes. guys that's yeah. it you know you're that was a perfect you know let's keep this going and then yeah. you know just hearing the stories after that and um it was a good day. Yeah, and that that's another thing that Matt helped do, uh, create, and we were talking about what you did, and
2: you helped create that whole ability to broadcast that, and you ran on that whole yeah. thing, weren't you? I'm I not work, giving a credit. I work on everything on some level around here, but I mean, yeah. it's a little but, bit of all of us. No, it—it it, it is. It, it's, it's so enjoyable because you're reminded that, God really doesn't work in the hearts of people. It sounds like a stupid thing to say, but on the other hand, when you do church week in and week out, you preach sermons, you play songs, you do graphics, you, you, you work with all this stuff. It's easy to forget that people are processing it. They're thinking about it. It's impacting their lives on very deep levels. Mm-hmm. And I love the, the that the culture is that people were very open and very honest about exactly where they were and their flaws and their problems and their issues and their sense of lostness. And you hear that. And I was, yeah, I was, I'm always impacted by it, but I'm also reminded that God really does customize his word to people's mm-hmm. hearts in ways that you don't see until they let you in on it. And then it's just mind blowing. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah. And uh like, I know a couple of the stories where it was almost like you, you start hearing one of them in particular, I remember yesterday that really stood out to me is, Um, the story was being read and he was talking about um, how his relationship with his son, his son had been deployed and there was all this kind of stuff that worked through that. And then at the end, I didn't, it didn't click with me until whoever, uh, the person who was reading the story said, and today he's going to be baptized by his son. And I was just like, oh
2: my gosh. <laughs> so that
1: was the whole ooh, story. That was yeah. one of
0: those, like it was really cool because you part of his story was his son and then his son was the one baptizing him and it was just, ooh, like beautiful. seeing the family atmosphere. And, um, and another one of my favorite things that I saw yesterday and I got to tell some parents this is I saw two students who had been baptized and as they kind of came around the back of the auditorium, I saw two of their friends come around the other side to meet them in the back to give them hugs because they wanted to celebrate with them. And, yeah, and these um, are middle school students. Yeah, too, middle school right? students, it, yeah. yeah. And it was, ooh, wow, that was really cool to see, you know, mm-hmm. that they genuinely were excited for their friends. So. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's, it is. It's just such a privilege to see that kind of thing. We, we saw uh, it was over at Henderson for the 11 o'clock and, and there was a mother who at one time in her life, part of her story was um, her Kids had uh, been taken out of her custody, hmm. and but her kids were standing there with her uh, wow. as she was being baptized and so you just you stand there and you watch that stuff and you go, "I get to be a part of this, even yeah. a little small part of it, thank you, you know, Lord, yeah. for the privilege of your kingdom watching your kingdom on display, just amazing stuff you
1: know you, you know I, I like to read and study you know how to defend the faith and all that stuff, but it's it 's when you see those stories like that builds my faith up maybe more than anything when you yeah, see absolutely real yeah. life change God really moving in people's lives. I mean, it's just powerful. Real answers to real true problems. I mean, some of them were very
2: dramatic and and, uh, just um, what else is the the answer to this? Because it's coming from the inside out that only God can see and they acknowledge that and then their lives are changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, we love celebrating those and um, being able to share those stories and continue sharing in each one of those people's lives. um, Not just yesterday, but kind of going throughout. And so for the rest of the episode today, we're going to do something a little bit different. It's going to be kind of like a little bit of a special episode. Um, So each, uh, every so often here at One Life, each one of our campuses, we do something called Kickstart. And Kickstart is what we would say is kind of like your first way to kind of get connected to the mission and vision of One Life Church. And we say that for anyone, either if you've been attending for um, a couple weeks or a couple years and you haven't been through Kickstart, we want everyone to have gone through Kickstart. And at the end of Kickstart, we allow people to ask some questions, um, write them down, turn them in, and then And we've always said that we want to answer those either through our Explorers blog, which you can find at onelifechurch.org under the resources tab. Um, Or we thought maybe we'd be kind of fun to talk, ask ask some of those questions, talk about them and, and kind of dive into them here on the podcast today. So that's what we're going to do for the rest of the time, which is going to be really fun. I think it is going to be fun. Some Absolutely. of the questions are pretty 100%. interesting. And so we thought that, um, obviously, um, Brett would, is great for this kind of information. And, and Matt also, um, as lo- as well as being creative arts director, also, um, one of our teaching pastors who we get to hear from a lot and also has great insight in a lot of these things as well. So I'll probably just be sitting here listening or I'll just say something really nah, random. You
2: You're going to chime in. You're, yeah, you, will. you have to, we well, you know, yeah.
0: Um, so I'm just going to read some of these and, um, I'll probably start with this one with Brett. And I'll, um, we'll just kind of go from there.
2: Okay, that's great.
0: So the first one says, um, and these are just quotes, how they're written. So I didn't clean them up or anything. What is one Life's, well, Why is One Life's mission helping people far from God to trust and follow Jesus instead of helping people who feel far from God to trust and follow Jesus? I've always wondered because are we ever far from God?
2: Man, this uh, they they're thinking this stuff through. It'd yeah. be funny yeah. if we just said, "You got a good point." We changed our mission statement. <laughs> yeah. like, well, oops, we're uh, a little Dealing scratch it. out there. Great job. <laughs> yeah, I I think uh, I think there's a couple things about that, um, and I know where they're coming from because there there is a passage in Acts where Paul says, "You know, God is never far from any of us." I mean, so in that sense, he's everywhere present, he's always near. Uh, but I think there's a couple things to keep in mind. One, a fair reading of the New Testament, I, I would say, is that you can tell that there is such a thing as being far from God in the sense of your status. Um, I think of Ephesians chapter two as a great summary, but this is everywhere. Uh, it assumes, and Jesus believed this and that we are born into a state of sin and depravity and being um, what C.S. Lewis called rebels who must lay down our arms. In other words, uh, all of us as human beings, we kind of resist the idea of God. We, we don't, naturally want him. We naturally push him away. We naturally want to be gods of our own lives. We want to be in charge. I was that way. We all that, and we can all relate to that. So that's very, uh, so when we say far from God, we're talking about that state that every single person is born into. But I think it also is an experiential thing. Uh, I look, I look at my own life and the people that were being baptized yesterday. They can all, we can all go back if we're honest in our minds. There was a day when I was, whether I was doing it in the form of really being wild, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, or if I was just living my own life in any way where I was in charge and I, I was conscious of God, but I was pushing him out either consciously or not consciously or whatever. And that state is, is the mm-hmm. farness. We've got to think of the story of the prodigal son where he went to a distant country. So that's what we're talking about, that, that state that the Bible says we're in first. But I think most of us were really, well, all of us eventually who come to Christ If we're being honest, this was the state I was in. I was in charge, and I finally came to a time where I had to repent. I knew that. Does that that make sense, I hope? I'm checking with you guys. Yeah, no, as you're saying that, so
0: you're kind of saying it's more of an acknowledgement that we're all that instead of trying to say that some people are and some people aren't.
2: Oh, without a doubt, yeah. The, The only reason I wanted to even be involved in church, Jesus had changed my life so radically from that state. I just wanted to have a setting where I could pass it on to others and say, I know what it's like to be that way. I absolutely was running from God, and very consciously, And and when I, but when I turned around, it changed me, and so I wanted to communicate that, hey, those of you who are running just like I was, uh, it's okay, the water's fine, come on back.
0: Yeah,
1: and I, I like it as a warding instead of helping people who are dead in their sin you right, know, yeah, trust and follow <laughs> yeah. Jesus. You know, are yeah, like... children of wrath, which yeah. is one of the yeah <laughs> the, one of those
2: passages. The enemies of, that the new of God of you is a little bit easier to go. Yeah. So you because and, and they they talked about how feel far from God. You can feel far from God uh, and be far from God yeah. in that sense. Again, the status sense, but you can also not feel it at all. Some people might be uh, very far from God in the sense of their status beyond outside of Christ, but feel differently because uh, your feelings aren't the gauge. It's mm-hmm. really what God says about you. So that's important to note as well.
0: I like that. Right. I mean, Matt
2: needs to take the next one though. I think that's uh, <laughs>
1: you did great on that
2: uh, one though. Yeah, yeah I appreciate right. that. We're gonna rate these, or
0: yeah, I guess we can rate
2: that. You guys can comment. You can always send in emails Absolutely. and you can say, hey, follow it up with something because yeah. I didn't buy that at all. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you can send an email to podcast at org and give us more feedback and even more questions, which is great because we would love more of those as well. Um, and so, the next question, uh, we'll, we'll throw to Matt. Um, this person asks, "How do you stay connected and how do you grow as a believer?"
1: It's a great question. And I love it because we just been finished the table series, talked a lot about getting connected, talked a lot about um, being in community as one of the ways that we do grow as a believer. And I love that. And so that would be the first thing I would say is staying connected means finding, you know, people who will be in your life, um, being very intentional about trying to get yourself around other believers and becoming part of the church. Um, actually living out your faith uh, with other believers Um, and and growing in your faith. I love this illustration I've heard. So somebody said, you know, how do you get wet? Well, you have to put yourself underneath water, right? And so a lot of people think to themselves, you know, it's like, well, I want to grow in my faith. Well, find out what it is where you find yourself very close to God, whether, you know, that where you've experienced him and just, Get yourself in those positions more often. It's like get under the faucet, you know, right. as often as you can, and you know you're going to find that in how you um, are best at studying the Bible. And I say try different things because certain things work for different people that might not work for others. Like I'm um, fluctuated in my life. I'm not a very like regimented person. Unfortunately, I wish I was more. But I've had times where I've studied Bible in the mornings, and that worked really well. I've had times where I've studied it more often in the afternoons. Um, and that worked really well. Um, but find out what works best for you and try to create, um, you know, consistency. And I think that's huge. Um, finding consistency and, and, but from what works best, because a lot of times you can just try to do things because you think you're supposed to, or, you know, checking off a task list and that might not feel that fun to do or feel like God's there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's you know, a simple that. thing,
2: you know. It, and I remember being giving permission to do that, almost like I, I pictured. Okay, if I'm going to read my Bible, I have to sit there and read a book. And and mm-hmm. and I felt I don't know why. At one point in my life, I felt like I no. The way I read the Bible is I literally stand up and I walk around and I say it out loud because if I don't. I can't concentrate. I just, and I pace back and forth when I pray and Mm -hmm. my prayers are a whole lot better when I'm speaking out loud and pacing back and forth. And it's, if somebody had a camera on me, they'd think I was crazy, but that's okay. But it's how I connected with God. Because if I sit there and try to read silently, especially the Bible, so I can do books that way. But for some reason with the Bible, if I don't, if I do it that way, my mind will wander, and I'll be thinking about everything but that. Mm-hmm. So, finding what works for you—that's—it that is critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having permission to do that, I think, is yeah. is helpful as well. So,
0: yeah, well, that's great. So I mean, I love that. I mean, it's because it's—it's not like it's something that you're adding to but it's more of finding what does work and I think that's what's hard and I think a lot of people ask these questions because they they want someone to just tell them do this Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think that's always the answer I mean I don't think the answer of what's right for Matt or what's right for Brett is right for me or you know whoever it is asking this question and so growth is um, it looks different, but it's always kind of the same thing. It's just how you get to that. Yeah, so. it's kind of like
2: the means of growth are the same for everybody, like being in Scripture, the, the classic spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. they are all the. But your approach to them can be different. Like like I love the fact that you brought up the Table Series. Way to go. Yeah. And you know, a little props there. But I, I'm going to go back to something we said during that, that you don't have to be uh, a part of a church to be a Christian, but you do have to be a part of a church to live like one. And the growth that you experience... Because what we forget is that growth comes with discomfort. Yep. You're, you're only going to grow by being around other people. And anybody can be this most spiritual person in the world by themselves in the living room. Uh,
1: but it's not until you actually get around other people and have to act on these things. And that's
2: what the church is for. Yeah. It's like
1: a school I, that you have to interact And I think with. scripture is designed by God to be learned in community. Um, Absolutely. What Sarah gleaned from the text and what you gleaned from text, I might not have seen it in there. And so we're right. pinging off each other and God's adding to what we're all learning through each other. And that's huge. And it was
2: written to churches. The yeah. New Testament almost exclusively written to the community. So it assumes that, that you're part of that. So it's vital.
0: And I think that's why so often when you read something again and again, you always get something different. Mm-hmm. Or not always, but a lot of times you'll read something and be like, I never saw that before. So kind of yeah. what you were saying, especially if you do that in community and we try Ready to- Way to go, Matt. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's right. I, 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 But I saw... uh, Sarah kind of looked at me kind of funny when I said I read out loud. <laughs> it's like, you're like, oh, man, really? No, I, Maybe you are crazy. but it was.
0: Uh, <laughs> I was actually, I mean, I'm a visual person, so when someone okay. says that, I'm picturing you doing that, like either in your house uh-huh. or um, I've actually kind of thought about a lot of times right before we record the message, um, we can hear you praying a little bit, you know, before mm-hmm. sure. you go on. And it's kind of that same thing, and it's like I never think that's weird. I'm always like, yeah, oh, well, okay, like okay. at all. I but uh, so no, was, I don't think it, I think uh, I think that's awesome. I love that that's, no, that's if he, who you if are. If If you've
2: seen me preach, you've seen me pray, because that's pretty much how I pray, Mm -hmm. and because it's uh, that's how I read the Bible. That's how I learn it. I have to say it out to myself, and I I even teach myself uh, the Bible when I'm kind of standing, walking around. I can't do it any other way. It's a a mental handicap. I don't know what it is.
0: All right, next question. Uh, We'll go to Brett, and this is actually one that we we kind of talked about. If you go back and listen to... one of our previous episodes on spiritual gifts, we talked about this a little bit, but um, this is more, I guess, a direct question is why is the baptism of the Holy spirit not mentioned in A lot of churches. What about the gifts of the Spirit? What do you guys believe about speaking in tongues, healing, prophecy, and works of God?
2: All right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we did. We 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 talked to and we had our our uh, what we call them our resident Resident. tongues talker here, Mm -hmm. uh, in Michael Karen. And uh, either one of you, uh, Matt, you you're not coming as a resident tongue talker. No way. Is that what you just said? I mean, careful now.
1: I've, I've I've tried it. No, I, I try. It. But what does that I, mean? I, I'm, I'm, try. I'm super into like yeah. you know when you're in one of those modes where you're praying and you're like, okay, God, let's, let's try, do this. Right let's let's go. try yeah. it right now. Just try like <laughs> this is really funny because I feel like when I take spiritual gifts tests, faith is always a high one. Right. Although I was like Sarah, all the last this recently I took, all of a sudden it like dropped way down. I'm like what's happening? Mm-hmm. But well, in your latest test, I tried this. Can you do that? Then I guess yeah, you can't. I don't know, but I tried this once when I had really one of the first times I really injured my back. I was literally laying in a bed. I could not sit up um, by myself. Like it hurt so bad, excruciating pain. And I was praying. I was like, okay, God, here I go. I'm just going to sit straight up. I'm going to try it. I trust you. I tried. And yeah, oh, I screamed so loud it hurt so bad. It's like, "Okay, failed on that one." That's right. right. Well, with that said, oh, uh,
2: I we do believe here uh, that the, the gifts are for today. We are not what's called cessationist. Uh, what did we, we decide it was? Continuationist. The, yeah. We said it's an official theological it? term. So I, we, I, I believe that uh, that the, the miraculous and speaking in tongues and things of that nature that were supernatural were characteristic of Jesus' life, of the apostles' lives, of the early church life. So and it's and it's present. In the New Testament, enough to where it's just part of the fabric of how things go. That doesn't mean it happens all the time. I just was talking to a staff member uh, just this morning, where they said the prayer team prayed for someone who uh, had a had a pain was, and the pain went away when they prayed, and, and they walked away saying, "Hey, thank you, I'm healed." And they were like great. That's, that's, that's a good thing. We'll take it. you know. So, uh, And we do know that we have, it's not only Michael Karen as a, as a resident tongues talker. We have people on our prayer team and on our staff that uh, do that because it is a part of the fabric of the New Testament world. And so I don't see any reason for it not to be. And when it comes to the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a term, I think the question was, why do people not talk about that as much? I think the reason for that is there's a lot of controversy. It's kind of like the trying to separate out between uh, predestination and, and uh, free will. Uh, they don't talk a lot about it because there's different schools of thought around it. Uh, is that a second experience? Is that all come at conversion? There's a lot of different schools of thought around there. So they're trying to avoid a little bit of uh, whether it's controversy or whatever. But they should talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit because what we would say around here is is that, yeah, you come to Christ and you can't come to Christ without the Holy Spirit. And He's the one that regenerates you, fills you, changes you. However, there are fillings and there's uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit is something we're told uh, to be and do. And we can have uh, remarkable experiences of of God filling us with his spirit. And so we talk fairly open about that. I don't accompany it uh, when I preach. Uh, as much with talking about those supernatural things, maybe as much as I should, uh, maybe I should change that. I don't know, but, but we're very open to that experience itself. And so that's where we are on it and uh, have seen things and have had things happen that some people might find unusual or uh, whatever, but we don't, we don't play it up as much from the front, uh, but hopefully that gets to what they're what they're talking about and where we are. So,
0: yeah, I think so. I mean, I think people asking that question and it is one of those that I'm not sure the first I mean, some people, that's like a really big deal to them when they come check out a church, they're right. exploring a church, and um, they want to know about that. For me personally, that's never been something that I would normally think to ask. Yeah, it's a
2: characteristic because I was involved in a lot of churches, and I went to a school that my, where I went to my university. was very much about I saw that kind of thing all the time as a matter of just lifestyle. And so I know what that culture is like, and we're not that way, but we're absolutely open to those things and mm-hmm. have had those experiences and like to talk about that stuff. At least I don't know. I don't know if Matt does or not. Maybe he's just kind of I'm with you on trying it. Trying to get
1: healed and <laughs> I mean I can still see that. It, okay, God, here I go. Ah, what does that mean? You know? I don't know. But but was I saying that's the same thing I tried with speaking in tongues once? Right. It's okay. like okay, well, I'd, you know, if God ever wants me to do it, it probably isn't out of my own personal trying or you right, know, right, right.
0: Or doing yeah. that, but. so wait, I but you are like, open to it. I feel like oh, yeah. there's a story there. Like, did you have one of those moments where you said, "All right, God, this is it. I'm gonna speak in tongues." Yeah. I tried it like
1: that. I don't know. So what did you try? Did you start speaking Spanish? What'd you do? Even Nothing if happened. You... I was just kind of waiting. I thought oh, he okay. would do it. Okay. Yeah. You know, the Holy Spirit would do it. Um, right. Because that's kind of how it's, I imagine it.
2: Now, a friend of mine, and I told this story from a sermon. I'm gonna, uh, I'll tell this one later. It's a little bit longer. But there's a shorter version of a, a friend of mine that absolutely has that gift. I mean, he can relate to it, and he's not a guy that would ever fake anything like mm-hmm. that at all. He didn't. He had no church background whatsoever. Whatsoever, came to Christ. And found himself one night, he was in his room, he was listening to some worship music on his headphones, and just said that he got a physical con- sensation in his mouth and on his tongue and began to pray and speak. And he didn't even know what it was. It scared him to death. But then he and then he felt bad that it scared him so bad because yeah. he went to his Bible and there it was. And he's like, yeah. oh, I guess that's that thing. And so it's out there, but hang in there, Matt. You never no, know. You never know. <laughs> well,
1: here's the thing like you covet that to a degree because right, people sure. who have it say it's a powerful spiritual experience with God. Absolutely, and I'm like, yeah. I want some of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Maybe it's headphones mm-hmm. and worship music. It's just chill <laughs> out That's what right. so I'm trying tonight.
0: All right. Uh, next question will go to Matt. And this is kind of similar to the previous question I asked you, but I think mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, and this was um, read out as a statement, but I'll turn it into a question. So uh, maintaining a strong faith during difficult times and finding scripture to study. So I guess the question would be, how do you maintain a strong faith during difficult times and how do you find scripture to study?
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, That, that is a tough one. The easiest way to answer that would be in hanging out with the actual person and hearing their heart and what they're going through, you know, and, and walking them through that. I think that's kind of my, pastor's heart talking but is a general that we can all kind of relate to um there's re- one thing I love about the bible that people who are following god in powerful ways um doing exactly what he said to do go through very very difficult times and so those two questions kind of go hand in hand whereas learn from these extreme examples you see in scripture um, I use this a quote from this book um, that my wife's reading. Um, we have four kids, and uh, she handles them a lot more often than I do. Um, and the book's called "Treasuring Christ When Your Hands Are Full," and it's a it's a beautiful little book. Um, and I opened it up there, and night just to look at a part of it. And it basically was talking about, this mother was talking about how she's feeling a little guilty about how she's stressed out about her life when she knows the story of this African missionary who went and gave everything in their life, you know, for Jesus. She's like, well, if they went through all that, I I should suck it up kind of, right? right. And that made her feel guilty, you know, for that. But then in studying her Bible, she started to see that, well, the reality is, and, and with these Bible characters as well, the same God who is God of them, who has, they have the same Holy spirit, um, who, who is leading them through that is the same one who's in her. And if God can take them through that and carry them through that, well, he can carry them through their burdens as well. And so it takes the, the weight off of you and your own power of getting through this struggle with trusting in the God who's at work in you. Um, and that's the biggest part of just, you know, looking up. Um, and I talk to friends who are going through struggles, and that's consistently what they have to do is to remind themselves to look up to God rather than trying to do things in their own power. And then again, community, 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 you know. Yeah, because that's God's way,
2: favorite way, I think, of, of expressing His love and support and strength to you is through mm-hmm. His body. That's why it's called Christ's body, because we're the ones that there are things that others can bring to your life that no one else can, and they'll do it inspired by uh the difficult times I've gone through, uh, sometimes it has been like an in, just an individual person saying a specific thing yeah. has been just life revolutionary. So, uh, uh, give yeah, give people a chance to do that, and that takes some vulnerability, mm-hmm. and uh, just being able to expose your need for those things and admit to it. And I would also add, pray the Psalms gotta say that because we, oh, <laughs> we yeah, no. you know? but really, I mean, they, because they yep. cover every dimension of life. That's the thing that always strikes me about the Psalms is they're, they're the Bible in miniature and they talk about wonderful things, but man, sometimes you, you feel bad for the Psalmist who ever wrote mm-hmm. that, man, he's going through the worst thing that I am right now. So, but they give expression to some of those really hard things in a,
1: in a powerful way. Yeah, which and, and there's license in there to mm-hmm. feel that way towards God. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah. And true. you do, you feel freed and kind of given permission to, to do that.
0: Yep. i I know that the last two summers, And we've gone through the Psalms, and I remember the first time we went through, it was one of those where, like, I I had this shift a little bit of where I I feel like I used to read the Bible almost in a monotone voice in my Mm. head, you know. And as I was reading through the Psalms, I was like, no, there's so much emotion in these words. And then I started seeing that even in the Gospels, and like, there's so much emotion, obviously in Jesus's words, but even how people speak to him. And so. When you're talking about maintaining a strong faith, I think it's okay to understand too that there are there is emotion that you're going to have there's going to be that emotional high and emotional lows. Um, and for me personally, it is always been community. It's been wow. people you know, around me, even here, you know, when I come in and, you know, my team that I get to hang out with, we, like, we spend a lot of time kind of sharing each other's lives and it mm-hmm. makes a difference. So,
2: absolutely. Um, now did yeah. you, did you get to the point in the Psalms where you're praying them out out loud and the, having the walking emotion
0: around. like
1: walking around and say it out loud? <laughs> no, but maybe
0: next time. It's summer. the next stage. Next that's, summer. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Have> <laughs> that's right. Have you guys right. ever
1: listened to, I forget his name. I think it's Max something, but he's the audio Bible guy on Biblegateway.com. And I think there's a Bible that he's like. Romans chapter one. I, I you no, know no I don't I, do, I look at Bible Gateway all the time. It, it, there's, an audio, there voice on it. there's an audio. You can click the audio and on listen to like a it's whole chapter. The same guy? Wow. Uh, well, I think you can choose this guy, but he's got this kind of accent, and right? he's he acts out all the characters and stories and stuff too. He's wow. great. It's So fun. He
2: acts out the
0: characters? No, yeah, I did not he, know
1: he that. He put some inflection in there. Oh, okay. He, yeah, that's good go. stuff. All right, I need to need to look at that.
0: And then the second part of that question was finding scriptures to study.
1: Yeah, and so. If, it, if, if they're talking about going along with struggles they're having in their life. Um, <laughs> this is funny. When I hurt my back, I that's the first time I read through Job beginning to end in ever <laughs> while I was laying in bed and I couldn't move. I was like, I'm going to read Job. You know, <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a good choice or not. But so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there are some very relatable stories that are going to help you find out where God has, you know, empowered and, and used and comforted and um, other people throughout scripture Um, Could be a helpful place to study the Bible um, when you're going through something hard, if that's what they're asking, but...
2: Yeah, and you can see like, the uh, like
1: like the psalms,
2: like the uh, or the stories. If you'll give yourself permission again, I keep saying that, but to look at the Bible in the way of uh, you see Elijah, you see Moses, you see these characters, and sometimes you do project onto them that because they followed God, everything went great. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is very straightforward, like you said a while ago. But if you'll read their stories in details, like one of my favorite was Elijah, after his great victory uh, over the prophets of Baal and all this stuff he goes into a deep depression and even prays to die. And so, But seeing that, I was like, that really helped me a lot that a guy on that level had that kind of encounter with God and that kind of prophet went through something that, Uh, most of us wouldn't think a prophet of God like that would go through. And so it's rounding out these characters and reading those stories is very important because I I think a lot of us have cartoons in our heads about who these people are and and, uh, we think in terms of our American optimism versus uh, the Bible's realism. So just becoming familiar with that stuff I think would help a whole lot.
0: It's funny you say cartoons because I still go back to I grew up in church and we had these little like weekly reader type Bible story oh, things. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm talking I about? Love those, yeah. And they had those little comics on the front and I loved yeah. those so much, but Me still in my yeah. mind I still see those sometimes when I'm reading these stories, which is just weird, but right. <laughs> um and and it is a good time to kinda of highlight that we are going into a new series starting this Sunday called Shadows. Um in the kind of um it's Jesus before the manger and it kinda of leads into the Christmas season and, and we're really talking about engaging with the Bible and the one thing that we set up is um, some resources that you can find at onelifechurch.org um, if, under the resources tab is Bible resources or if you download the One Life app um, I believe it's the first tab it just says Bible um, and we have four resources there that you can kind of look at and one of them is our One Life daily Bible readings that our friend Dan Sullivan writes for us um, and he's actually going to be on the podcast in two weeks so oh, yeah, we'll get so to ask him about that yeah, directly yeah. that'll be fun that'll be a good one yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, we always Uh, recommend the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app you can download um, on your phone it's amazing, you can have it with you anywhere you go you can have um, uh, lots of different um, Bible plans to go through and it's kind of neat now they've added in the last year where you can share that with friends and so like if you want to um, kind of read together with someone and kind of track along together. Um, the Bible Project, we've shown a few of those videos and some messages and some services um, here at One Life. And then they kind of um, partnered up with someone, another group and they had created the Read Scripture app. And I just started using that this week and it's really neat. Um, it's got the Bible Project videos, but with readings as well. And so you can kind of follow along and then read a little bit more or watch a video that kind of explains a little bit more. So you can find links to all those at, again at onelifechurch.org or on the One Life app thought I'd throw that in there.
2: Way to go! Thanks. Yeah, that's right. It's,
0: that's what I get to do, so, so I want to yeah, talk yeah, about right.
2: it. <laughs> you did a great job. You did, you did. That's right. They should pay you for that.
0: Oh man, they should. <laughs> yeah,
2: they should. <laughs> they should. They
0: should um. All right. So one more question. <laughs> one
2: more. All right. And it's a good fun one.
0: one. Okay. Good. We're We'll start with bread on this one. It's just three words. What about aliens? What. <laughs>
2: What about aliens? What about them? What yeah. about them? I, I, did they fill in the blanks at all? It was just what about aliens? What about so I can aliens? just kind of improvise on whatever I think that might be talking about. What yeah. about, I'm assuming yeah. uh, that are they out there or does the Bible say they're out there? Or if they are out there, what do we do? How do yeah. we respond? Do, do we send Bible tracts to them to <laughs> get, you know, help? You know, uh, okay, so what about aliens? I have thought about this. I don't know if you guys, you can chime in. You know, I've wondered, okay, well, you know, the size of the universe thing, that the the rationale goes, which I get, the size of the universe is such that you would think there has to be someone else out there. Why would God make it so big? I, I don't think the logic is completely clear on that. I, I think God makes big things. He made the earth big, the ocean big and everything. And there's things that we've never seen uh, until now in the ocean that's been there since the dawn of time that we're just now res- discovering. So, uh, uh god may have made the universe big just for our sake so we can look around we don't know that he didn't do that and so uh but on the other hand i think well uh i maybe they're asking is it against the uh against christian theology to think that there might be aliens out there and maybe that's something matt you've, uh, or either one of you feel free to chime in on i i don't i, I thought okay one you would have to give mankind its special place uh, in in the created order. And uh, because it does say he made us a little lower than angels, uh, mankind are created um, in the image of God. So somehow, some way that's got to be retained even if there are aliens out there. Mm-hmm. So we have to retain our place. It also says that all of creation has fallen. So the whole creation grown, so the entire universe uh, everybody's a part of the fall. So if there are aliens, they're included in the fall and uh, it may have been our fall itself. Uh, but then I got to wondering, okay, well that you could have aliens that are not necessarily, we always picture Martians that are more intelligent than us yeah. and building flying saucers and all that sort of stuff. There could be planets out there that have just interesting creatures on them that maybe we'll see or uh, that doesn't violate that because I, I, I would retain man's special place. a uh, big believer in that, but Uh, But there could be other creatures just like underneath the ocean that we could discover someday. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, There's also uh, Hugh Ross uh, is a Christian astrophysicist. And he says he's done the math that it would be impossible for there to be advanced civilizations out there that could get so far ahead that they could build spaceships to get here. So... Uh, and if if you want to go to his website i think it's uh, uh reasons to believe uh dot .org uh Hugh Ross look up it he has he's done the math on the alien thing he says nope they're not out there at least intelligent enough to get to us hmm. and that doesn't mean there there's not intelligent life out there but not intelligent enough to actually arrive at earth and you know uh, snatch bodies and and uh, <laughs> you know do that whole bit uh don't know where that's coming from so <laughs> anyway that, that that's my spin on it i don't think it's impossible that they would be there but i think they've got to kind of fall under the overall orthodox theology. Uh, yeah. You buy that, Matt, or would you leave some stuff
0: out? Before you answer that, I do want to say, uh, if you're watching uh, the video this week, our camera just died, so we, you can still listen to us. And I saw that it just the, died, but I didn't know yeah. if I should keep going or not. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, okay. We can audio's still up. the audio still so, keep the playing. Up, so right, sorry, so, you can't see us, but yeah, we're still continuing the podcast. So. Anyway, I can't mm-hmm. imagine anybody doing that. Yeah. They might.
1: Um. No. Yeah. You always think when you hear a lot of scientists, astrophysicists talking about alien life they could be talking about a three celled organism, you know, but right. what we picture a lot of times is something a million times smarter than us who traveled from light years away to come yeah, we check always out assume Earth. that. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson always tries to talk in a real simple terms about this, where he says, if life could happen here, the universe is so big. It's, he seems so plausible that it could happen easily, you know, in right. other places. Um, but that, line of it seeming easy that life even happened here I think is such a ginormous overstatement when you think about all the constants that have to happen from the creation of the universe to even a planet being inhabitable for life to even begin as a simple celled organism um, to us who can even have a conversation about it for something like that we shouldn't even be here doing it you know as far as like yeah, exactly. It, it, that is concerned.
2: He's he's assuming, and this is where I do kind of jump off. He's assuming a naturalistic worldview, which means there is right. no God, there is no creation. That the all of life, including us are fundamentally accidents, unguided processes. So why couldn't that unguided process happen somewhere else? Well, there's lots of reasons why it wouldn't happen and, and you've probably heard of the Goldilocks uh, mm-hmm. principle which means we do have a planet that is just right, it's just tilted just right, it's just the right distance from the sun. right temperature, yeah. yeah. Zillions of things that have to be in place for us to have life and the thing that blows my mind, Albert Einstein talked about this, and the fact, you said to have a conversation, but it's also to be able to think about the universe and have mathematical properties inside our brains that can understand the rest of the universe. Yeah. How in the world of that could that happen by accident? So I'm coming from a Christian worldview saying, I don't think it's a violation of Christian theology to have uh, alien life somewhere. Right. Uh, but I don't believe it's out there because they, it just accidentally gets produced uh, at all. I think it's a huge
1: stretch. So yeah, I agree with you. And Absolutely. I think if I was a scientist, I would think it would be a huge stretch still, you know, um, that it could even happen, but yeah, it, you know, I'm sure there's planets that might have something growing out there that we don't know about. I'm super skeptical though, that aliens have visited our planet. I know a lot of people would argue with me on that, but I just don't. Yeah, know. they
2: probably would. But, uh, but again, someone's done the math on that. And he's an astrophysicist. He's not dumb. He Ross is. Uh, but, but also this idea, I believe it would require God to create that, uh, in other words. And that's why I kind of lean back on the Christian theology thing. Well, he might put some planet out there that we might find someday that has some interesting creatures on it. Uh, but there's plenty of interesting creatures here. So yeah. mean, there's plenty to look at. <laughs> I We're, saw
0: an article last week. I can't remember the name of it, but they discovered it. A new fish in it, and I remember you. It was a brand had, new fish. It was a brand new fish, and it, it was—I forget what they called it—but it was weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it was right. really cool stuff, at the same yeah. time. Yeah.
2: So it's a fish they, they've never seen before. Probably been around forever. But, right. Uh, they just now. First discovered time
0: someone it. got a picture of it or something. Uh, yeah. Isn't it was, that amazing? It yeah. Was interesting. you didn't have a head though. It was weird. Like I don't know.
2: Well, that's why, and I do want to say this because I think about because a lot of times we use the scale of the universe to diminish the importance of man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the scale of the universe to also diminish the importance of God, too. And, and remember, that we talk about the Psalms. The Psalms say the heavens declare the glory of God. The reason the universe is so immensely, like, infinite from our view is it's revealing the glory of God. We're supposed to be seeing it that way, and the psalmist knew that. And so, and then they would ask the question, what is man that you're mindful of him? And God says, that's what you're supposed to say. Like, I'm, I feel so, in, you know, so small but I've made you special, and so it's all there. And I've always kind of been frustrated by people saying men are meaningless and God in there because the universe is so big. When the yeah. Bible has said for uh, since the beginning, it's the exact opposite. Uh, we can we can see God's glory and we can see our own special role in it. Uh, for that reason, so
1: and and they only they like to use that scale argument when they want to debunk something. When in reality, scale in value, why do they even have to have? A relation to each other. So oh, like, exactly. yeah. when my wife got pregnant with the baby, we saw it for the first time. It didn't look like anything, you know, it was right, like yeah. a microscopic thing, but yet we were celebrating it like it was the most viable thing in the universe. Uh, yeah. Great, great
2: point. I mean, it was GK Chesterton who said, you know, a man should never surrender, surrender his dignity uh, based on size because he's always been small compared to the nearest tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's... Yeah, there's scale and value that they never have in relation to one another. We discover that with every child we see. So,
0: G.K. Chesterton, he's kind of snarky, isn't he?
2: He's very snarky, I and like I him. love it. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's he's great at snark and in the best sense.
0: Cool. Well, guys, we're we are out of time. But this has been fun, and I appreciate, I'm not even going to ask you an end question because I feel like we've done enough questions. Today. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we well, do have good. a question from Gary that's still sitting out there. We may ask it someday. <laughs> Probably not, though. Um, and uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming in and hanging out with us. It's always fun to get to talk to you about this stuff.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for asking me.
0: Yep. And again, you guys can um, find out more about one life church at one or email us at the podcast at one life church. No, it's podcast at one Uh, so yeah, we can't wait to see you next week. We're going to hear from two of our friends on the podcast, um, Austin Maxheimer and Zach Bilo,
2: about Bible engagement. Bible which is engagement. What we're talking about during the shadow series. It's all about digging in the old Testament and seeing Jesus back in the old Testament and how people actually engage in the Bible. So be a good time.
0: Awesome. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Inman. The One Life Church Podcast is produced by me and Thomas Bernardin. Music by Ben Brock and Micah Robertson. To find out more about One Life Church, you can visit onelifechurch.org. Or to contact us directly at the podcast, just email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org.